It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Hey, Mastin. Oprah. How are you? So Gabrielle, good. So excited. Marie, hi. Hi. Come on in. Just hi. Welcome. 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 Thank you for having us. Oh, you're welcome. Of course. Hi. Glad to have you here. Hi. Thank you so much. Super Soul Sunday. Yeah, Super yeah, yeah. Soul Sunday. You? It's true, the glow that surrounds Gabrielle Bernstein, Mastin Kip, and Marie Forleo is very bright. Gabrielle Bernstein is a life coach, speaker, and best-selling author. The New York Times calls her a role model for a new generation of spiritual seekers. She reaches tens of thousands of listeners on her weekly show on Hay House Radio, and she's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, People, Forbes, and CNN. Mastin Kip is the founder of The Daily Love, a newsletter, website, and Twitter feed with more than a half million followers. It's been called the fastest-growing inspirational site on the web. Mastin's goal, to provide a forum for spiritual minds to share wisdom along the path we all have to take. Marie Forleo is an author, speaker, life coach, and entrepreneur. She's built a multi-million dollar company from the ground up. Her sold-out live events, coaching programs, and weekly online show have empowered tens of thousands of young women around the world. She's already won the attention of Russell Simmons, Tony Robbins, and billionaire visionary Sir Richard Branson. This is a forum. This is a platform for talking to the world's greatest thought leaders and spiritual teachers and wisdom gatherers. And I know you all are in your 30s. And in my 30s, I was still trying to figure it all out. So, Marie, do you believe that in your 30s you have spiritual perspective? I think I have the spiritual perspective I could possibly have now, but I think we're all works in progress. Mm -hmm. And I think the incredible gift that that the three of us have been given is that we started young, Mm -hmm. looking at these ideas and trying to practice. And I know, you know, I first learned about meditation at 17 and was starting to do yoga, and it just opened the floodgates to this incredible wisdom. And I'm like, why isn't this taught in school? And I became so passionate about learning all of it and to be able to pass on the knowledge and the experience that we have to even a younger generation, it's important. Okay, tell me the moment the spiritual door opened for you. I was very young. I had spirit connecting to me. I felt very open and psychically aware as a child, which was quite scary in Mm -hmm. some cases. 
Uh, my mother was a yogi. She used to bring me in and out of ashrams, so I was brought up in that environment. Mm -hmm. I used to see my mom meditate as she'd come in and out of the room. And when I was feeling very depressed at 16, having an existential crisis like many 16-year-olds have, mm -hmm. my mom taught me how to meditate. Mm. And the first few weeks of my meditation practice, I experienced a significant amount of shifts in my being. And really? I, I started to have those moments where energy was flooding through my extremities. I felt really overwhelmed with a sense of peace wrapped with a lot At of 16? love. 16? 16. Wow. Yeah. I turned my back on it for many years after yeah. that. I had to come back home. I was going to say, didn't you become an addict yeah. and all that? Yeah, yes. yeah. I put 10 years, 10 years in the wrong direction only to come back. But I believe when those spiritual seeds are planted in children, uh -huh. they know where to return. Gabrielle says she was a sensitive and intuitive child who grew up feeling different. In school, she tried everything she could to fit in, but she says it never worked. She began seeking refuge in food, drugs, alcohol, until she hit bottom at age 25. On October 2nd, 2005, Gabrielle says she prayed for help, and a voice inside her said, get your life together, get clean, and you'll have everything you desire. She listened to that voice and discovered what she now feels is her purpose, to help others tune into their own inner voice. Don't you think hitting bottom at age 25 uh, from addiction, don't you think hit, hitting bottom gives you the best opportunity to spring yourself forward? I wouldn't be sitting here with you right now if I hadn't hit bottom at 25. It was the greatest catalyst for everything. Mm -hmm. It cracked me open, it woke me up, and it brought me back to who I really am. And what did it teach you? It taught me that nothing out there, nothing out there will give me what I know I can find in here. Mm. Nothing out there will make me happy. And I can be a reflection of my internal condition. I can allow the outside world to reflect back to me what I feel internally. But I don't need to get anything to feel that strength. And so that is what and how I did you come to that? On my spiritual path, I got sober at 25. Mm -hmm. And very quickly, one of my friends in recovery gave me a return to love. Mm -hmm. And you know what happens when somebody gives you that book. <laughs> and very quickly, I bought a thousand copies. <laughs> yes, exactly. You ended up buying a thousand copies. Um, and I, I wound up in uh, Marianne's lectures very quickly, sort of listening to her like a top 40 hit. Yeah. And the day that I picked up the book, I walked in. There was a huge display of A Course in Miracles on sale. I walked over, and the book physically dragged me to the counter. An energy behind the book dragged me to the register. Well, you had that psychic thing going with yourself since you were a kid. Yeah, just, yeah. I was, you know what, yeah. we all have it. Yeah. I just said, bring it on. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I know you say, have said, Mastin, that uh, all addicts, we were talking about addiction a moment ago, but that addicts are just looking for God in all the wrong places. Yes. You think so? I believe so. And I, yeah. I, I, when I was going through my own addiction mm -hmm. um, with drugs and alcohol, um, I was really wanting to be happy. That's all I really wanted. And there was so much guilt and shame around what I had done. Mm -hmm. This good boy from Kansas coming to California, you know, doing drugs and alcohol and like, like the life that had been wasted, all that type of stuff. But there's a really, like, I believe everyone has a God-sized hole inside of them that we try to fill with shopping or with a relationship or food or sex or drugs or any of that mm -hmm. type of stuff. And it's really, as Gabby so eloquently said, it's not out there. Mm -hmm. It's in here and it's, it's, a, it's, it's an internal connection. And that's what a spiritual practice, that's what listening to your intuition, having a creative expression, being of service is all about. That is how you sustainably fill up your God-sized hole. Otherwise, it's like a drop that's disconnected from the ocean. You just wither and die. 
So this is why I love being able to have this kind of conversation because, you know, in traditional religion, I remember being raised where, you know, literally my entire uh, Sunday was spent in the church. I'd go to Sunday school and then we, church would be over by one o'clock and then we'd go back for three o'clock uh, afternoon service and then there'd be five o'clock Baptist training union and then Wednesday nights it's choir practice and prayer service and so forth. And then I would watch my grandmother, after all of these services, go home and pray and worry. There was a, con <laughs> there was a contradiction there. Yeah. There's a con yes. contradiction there. And then, yeah. uh, not too long ago, I was interviewing 50 Cent, F Fitty, who said, you either pray or worry, don't do both. Yeah. And so yes. the bigger question becomes, how do we take the spirituality that we, however you define it, living with an open heart, living uh, with more loving kindness, how do you take that and use it in the everyday? How do you do that? I forgive as often as possible. I think mm. forgiveness is the bedrock of a spiritual practice. Mm. And I really believe that we, if we can tune in with forgiveness, I say we gotta practice the F word, mm -hmm. every given moment. Mm -hmm. And so through the practice of forgiveness, we return back to that centered place, we, we return back to love. Do you think that your generation is more attuned to the inner voice? I think that we're more open to it younger. And I think that's, one of, that's been one of the blessings of technology because there are sites, you know, like the Daily Love, things that are hip and cool out there, and there are, people are seeing tweets and Facebook messages and, you know, hearing about books um, earlier. And I think, that, I think that we are more open to it. And I think that's really exciting to think about a new generation of spiritual seekers and spiritual practitioners. You know, when I take yoga class, um, I've seen kids now in, in class, like eight, nine years old, coming with their parents and learning how to meditate. And that's just so exciting to me. What so I love about kids is that you come into the world already trailing the breath of the angels. You already yes. know it. You're wide awake. Yeah, you're just wide awake, and the older you get, you, you, forget. you forget. And the rest of the world helps you to forget. So were any of you raised in traditional, formal, religious environments? Catholic. Yes. Um, it wasn't well, like... you can't get more traditional yeah. than that. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't hardcore, but it was, you know, had my communion. I went to uh, a Catholic university, Seton Hall University, and I even worked for the church while I was in Seton Hall University and studying uh, in college. So I had that as a part of my upbringing, but I realized my mom was very spiritual and not so much religious. She prayed and a lot. And what does that mean? Because you know what, when you ask people that question yeah. today, you know, are you religious, do you believe in God, yeah. often you get the answer, well, I'm really more spiritual than I am religious. What does that answer mean to you? What do those words mean to you? For me, it means I try and bring a sense of deeper meaning and purpose and reverence to everything that I do. Mm -hmm. I try and look for the bigger- And that is what you mean by spiritual. That is what I mean by spiritual. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I need to show up in church every week. Mm -hmm. For me, it's a much broader view. It's a much more inclusive view, uh, view of, of what it means to bring God into our lives and reverence into each moment. It's the Sufi view, which is God is in everything. Yes. Yeah. And Mastin. Um, I definitely grew up with, it was interesting, my parents were biologists, but they also wanted me to believe in something, so I grew up Presbyterian. So mm -hmm. and I was even in Christian school for a while, so mm -hmm. at school I was learning about the creation story, and <laughs> at home I'm learning about evolution, and it was sort of very confusing. And, um, How did you balance the two? I didn't. Mastin Kip grew up in Kansas, the only child of two scientists. Like Gabrielle, Mastin says he often felt awkward and alone growing up. His family moved frequently, and he struggled with his weight. 
In his early 20s, he believed he'd finally found happiness when he landed his dream job in the music industry. But to keep up with everyone else, he says he started partying hard and became addicted to cocaine and alcohol. After just two months on the job, he says he was fired. It was a turning point for Maston. He got sober and realized that beneath his addiction, he yearned to feel what we all want, love. Eager to connect with other like-minded people, he started The Daily Love. I know, Maston, that you focused, because uh, I read it, The Daily Love on your blog. Uh, and I, I read where you said that Kim Kardashian actually changed your life. Yes. You know, I think that Kim is amazing. When we first started, um, it took me a year to get 1,000 followers. Yep. And I had my life completely fall apart in one week. Mm -hmm. uh, the relationship I was in fell apart. Uh, the investors in my company pulled out because they lost money in the recession. My business partner and I broke up. My lower back went out, and I got gout in my big foot. Mm -hmm. All in one week. Oh, and my roommate gave me three-day notice that I'm moving out. So all in one week. And I had done just enough practice to know maybe this is some type of divine storm. Because <laughs> I can't do this myself. Yeah, when it all happens at one time, you just go, woo, gosh, yeah. what am I not paying attention to? Big time. It was and, a huge wake-up call. Okay. And um, as, a, as, a, as a joke, my ex-girlfriend's parents um, offered me to move into their pool house, which is eight feet by eight feet. And I thought, no one does that. I felt this calling into the daily love. I had very small numbers, but I said, I have to go in here. And about, after I moved in, and about a month after that, Kim tweeted out to about a million people at the time, guys, check out At The Daily Love, it's an amazing thing. And then overnight, we went from 1,000 to 10,000 followers. And it was like this confirmation of God going, I got you. And I remember about a week before. God shows up in the just yeah. the yeah. most unusual spaces well, sometimes. It was, it, was, it was interesting timing in my life, because a week before, I sort of talked to God a lot. And I said, you know, God, I'm in this 8 by 8 room. Like, why this 8x8 eight eight room? Like, you're infinite. 8x8. Eight eight. Why 8x8? Why eight eight? And the answer I got back immediately, and I still get chills, he said, because this is the size of your faith. And it just gave, gave me chills. And then followed very quickly with, but it's enough. Trust me. And then a week later, Kim tweeted, and I was like, oh, my God. Okay, I trust you. <laughs> Literally, oh, my God. Gosh, yeah. One of those oh, my God moments. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. More to come after this short break. No two travelers are exactly alike, and that means no two trips should be either. Texas' vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. Are you a beach person? Well, you'll be having fun under the sun with Texas' 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies can't get enough of Texas' world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. Macy's Mother's Day gift guide has the perfect gift to make mom feel special. Shop by price, like 25 and under to 100 and under. Category, like fragrance, handbags, and more. Or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything. Gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted and for grandma. Get top gifts like Dolce & Gabbana Devotion, Eau de Parfum, Coach Floral Printed Leather Cassie Crossbody Bag, 
in Le Creuset Shallot Dutch Oven. Shop at Macy's.com slash gift finder. Guys, may I just say this? Are you all not amazed with the, with the work that you're doing in the world? And I, I use the word, I think the word amazed is overused, but truly amazed that people are just sometimes figuring it out, that they have the ability to control what's happening to them, that your thoughts are your reality, just sort of basic stuff. Are you not amazed? I think that people are waking up really fast right now. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm amazed that actually so many people were not so awake for so long. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. If you have those moments when they when you recognize people waking up, it's it's cool. Like it's just we have to look at it and accept that this is a time when people are gonna be in a sense Are of, people waking up or is it just this is the question? Because yeah. Marianne said this to me years ago, Marianne Williamson. And I was in a lovely little store in Summerlin, California recently. And uh, it's a store called Sacred Space. And I was there and the gentleman who owns the store said to me, you know, there's a spiritual revolution happening in Santa Barbara. And I go, is there a spiritual yeah. revolution happening or is it happening in this store and everybody's coming into the store so you think that it's happening? I used to say this to Marianne. Is there really a, a, a wide awakening yes. or is it just in, in your circles? I believe it's really happening. Okay. I Why? do. What, what would indicate to you that it's really happening? Uh, the indication With the culture that, we, that, is, that, that is shown to us every day on television, on billboards, in the media. What well, would for, indicate to you that it's happening? I mean, for one, your programming, the fact that it's out there, the number of books, the number of people that are seeking. I feel like, you know, there's these yeah. kind of things are popping up and people are getting on board with wanting to learn, with wanting to be the better version of themselves that they know they can be and wanting to make a difference beyond themselves. And so I, I do believe it's happening. I, and I also feel like it's important for us to hold that belief, to hold that vision, to help bring mm -hmm. it into life. Mm -hmm. But I, I, do think it's, I do think it's happening. Marie Forleo says that if Tony Robbins, Richard Branson, Jay-Z, and I all had a child, it would be her. Raised by hardworking parents, Marie believes she was born to be an entrepreneur. In her 20s, she worked on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, and it was there, of all places, that her spiritual journey began. We all know it can start anywhere. She knew, deep down, she was meant for something different. She lit up at the idea of becoming a life coach, knowing she could make a difference in other people's lives. She started small, then built from scratch what has become a multi-million dollar company, dedicated to helping young women discover what they were truly meant to do. Do you have a regular spiritual practice? I do. I mean, mine is, uh, is pretty world, like, simple. You know, when I wake up in the morning, my fiancé, Josh, and I, and I have a dog, Kuma. He's a toy Australian shepherd. It's like we take at least five, Don't ten... Don't we just love saying our dog's oh. name? <laughs> He's my little man. I just love man. saying Sadie, Sadie, Sadie. Sadie Kuma. <laughs> and we sit there in bed, and we have our little cup of tea every morning, and we talk and we connect before we go out into the world. And for me, it's just a reminder to bring love into everything I'm doing and to remember what's most important. But I think that how we bring spirituality into our everyday is, is being present. For me, that's been one of the most profound practices and habits to form. Yeah. Because even just like being there with someone and not looking on your phone constantly and thinking before we send that email or what's the energy that we're bringing to a phone call. I mean, I think we've lost presence yeah. to a great, a great extent. When you yeah. see people, you're in conversation with people and they're doing their, you know, which that sends a message that whatever you're saying is not important to me, but whatever is here is more important yeah. than you are? Yes. Yeah. Don't you think we've lost presence? Severely addictive. Yeah, yeah. severely, yes. yes. 
And I think that that's like a really easy way for us to get back in spirit, in connection with people, is to be present with them. And it's like if we're having a conversation, it's like put down the phone. If you're sending an email, don't be on the phone at the same time. But that whole practice of presence, I feel is, is such, it's almost like a gateway drug into bigger pers spirituality. Okay, Gabriella said that the best way uh, to enact your spirituality and to have it manifest in a real way is through forgiveness. What is your answer to that question? I think for me, it's, it's um, not making yourself wrong for thinking fearful thoughts or negative thoughts. There is a trend that I see where people believe that if they have a negative thought or if they have a fearful thought that they're not spiritual enough, they're not they're doing something wrong or that they're not in alignment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's total hogwash. I think that negative thoughts exist for a purpose. Fearful thoughts exist for a purpose. You know, Joseph Campbell has a great quote. He says, in the cave you fear to enter, holds the treasure that you seek. Yeah. And if you go into the cave of your fearful thoughts, of your negative thoughts, and understand why they're there, and shine a light on it, it, it can really illuminate them. You know, I always eliminate my fears uh, by this thought. It's from uh, Marianne Williamson's uh, Return to Love, which I know you're big students of. And it is uh, the line that says, fear is trusting in your own power. So anytime yes. I find myself afraid, that's the first thing I think, okay, so now you're trusting in your own little powers. Why don't you go to the mighty powers that include all of God, all of the universal energy, all the divine, and then that instantly eases that for me. Yes. The second you get out of your own way. Mm -hmm. The second you get out of your own way. Okay, and for you? It really is. How do I bring, I mean, yes, for Marie. me, it's passionately engaging in every moment. It's being present. Being present and mm -hmm. like being where I am. Like I want to be there, you know, okay. whether I'm stuck in, stuck in traffic, if I'm at the bank, you know, and there's a long line or whatever I'm doing, I'm like, you know what? This is my time on planet Earth and God gave me a gift of life. Like, let me enjoy this. Let me be here with the people that I love. Yes. How do you see God, Gabrielle? In people, mm -hmm. in service. Mm -hmm. An San Suu Kyi said, when you're feeling helpless, help someone. Mm -hmm. In those moments when I'm feeling disconnected from God, I pick up the phone and I ask somebody how I can help them. Really? Works every time. Works every time. How do you see God? For me, I really truly at this point believe I see God in everything. Mm -hmm. And my practice now is to see God in people that really trigger me or in the haters or in the negative behavior. Really good. Yes. I, for, for me, it's every single moment. It's riding on the subway and mm -hmm. looking at people and connecting with them in their eyes and even looking around everything and seeing the miracle that is this life. And every time, if I feel like Aren't I'm checked out... Aren't you amazed at that sometimes? When you think about the miracle that is this life. Yes, and it, that brings me to that tears. That is a super soul Sunday moment right there. <laughs> Just thinking about the, the miracle. Yeah. You know, my favorite quote is... is uh, I have many favorite quotes, so when I say my favorite, it means it's one of many, <laughs> is, um, is Joseph Campbell, the privilege of a lifetime is being who you are. Yes. And when you think about that, the privilege to be who you are, to have all of your suffering and to be able to rise above that to hit bottom and climb your way out of it and back up again yeah. and to love and like even you know i'll bring it back to kuma our dogs once again to see that little fluffy being you know running around it's like i see god in everything and in the smallest most mundane moments and that's usually what brings me so to you tears. see all of humanity as a manifestation and ex an expression of that which is the greater yes god so for people who are looking for the experience of spirituality, who want to feel more connected, who want to open the door, 
that you have already opened for yourselves. I'm going to give you a moment to think about your top three things to do to begin to open that door for yourselves. Top three. It's a lot more simple than we make it. Mm -hmm. The first step is to be willing. Once we become willing to know more, when we have that moment of, is this it? There has to be a better way. Mm -hmm. Books fall off the shelf. This show just comes in your ether. Yeah, you're sitting there watching it and you're thinking, why? Because I've seen that from yeah. for many, many tweets and Facebooks. Like, I happened to be flipping through the channel and this was on. And That's I, it. And yeah. They're guided. Because isn't every experience coming into your life based upon what you're calling Your in? free will. Yeah. You choose. Okay. And so the second you say, I'm willing to see things differently, I'm willing to know more, what you need will be given to yeah. you. But the next step is to pay attention to those opportunities and those teachers and those assignments because we can be willing, but then just go right back to the phone or right back to the drugs okay. or right back to okay. the lover or whatever. I'm willing to see things differently. Pay attention to the assignments. Pay attention to the assignments. Don't pretend like nothing happened when the book falls off the shelf. Yeah. And then the third step is to show up for the assignments. So Ooh, you can pay good. attention to them, but you must show up. Yeah. Sometimes when we wake up to spirituality, and you know this, you've seen it everywhere, kind of, you know, every, the, the you know what hits the fan, mm -hmm. and everything falls apart. Mm -hmm. And those are the moments when we get to work. Those are not the moments when we drink. Those are not the moments when we go back to the addiction. Those are the moments when we get to work. Because those moments are showing up to help you yep. show up. Everything comes yeah. up so it can be healed. Yeah. It must be healed. So this is willingness, pay attention to the assignments that are coming to yeah. you, and show up for them. And show up for the assignment. Yeah. Really good, Gab. All right, you're on, sir. So for me, um, I like to reference, as always, Joseph Campbell. And Campbell says that- Don't we love him? I love this yes. man. Yeah. Rest in peace, thank you. Joseph Campbell was a legendary American writer, mythologist, and lecturer. His work was brought to millions of viewers in 1988 in Bill Moyer's popular PBS series, The Power of Myth. I watch The Power of Myth once a year, every year, on like clockwork, not because it changed, but because I change. Um, but he says that we are not looking for the meaning of life as much as we are looking for the experience of being alive. And, you know, Campbell's coined phrase that sums up his whole life's work of everything he ever studied is follow your bliss. Yeah. And it's turned into this kind of like trite tattoo. Yes. But you have to understand, this guy studied all the human stories and mythologies and religions and everything, and this is his advice to us. Yes. A lifetime of work, follow your bliss. Yeah. So that means pay attention to those moments when you're lit up, when time just flies by, when you're in like sort of that field of just joyful expression, which is generally in contribution and being of service in some kind, yeah. some sense of connection in your life. Yeah. And then to be able to take action in that direction and trust that as you step, something will come to support you. Right. So it's really about instead of what can I get, mm -hmm. how can I take, how can I manipulate, the question is what can I give? And when you look at what makes you happy, what makes you come alive, as in following your bliss. You look at those patterns, because if you look back, they're there. Mm -hmm. And you step out into that. What makes you happy? What makes you come alive? Yes. What is your bliss? Yes. You, yeah. you can talk to people. When am I most happy? Ask your friends, ask your parents. I'm most happy in these conversations. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I've created a whole network to have them. Yes. yes. And we are grateful for that. Yeah. Because it's there, and we are as well. I mean, this yeah. is what makes us happy. Happy is when yeah. I'm lecturing, when I'm teaching. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I want to be more spiritual. That's yes, the question. Yes, I want to be more spiritual. I want to be more spiritual. So I would say the first place to start is gratitude. 
because I feel like once you That's have a, a sense of gratitude for exactly what you have right now in your life, yeah. whatever you have right now in your life, it starts to change the framework, the lens through which you see everything. And I feel like it changes us on a cellular level. That's when the books can start to fall off the shelves. So when we're grateful, I'd say that's step one. So gratitude. So one. gratitude, one. That's Number big. two is presence. Can you be present to everything around in your environment? Can yeah. you bring that life energy, that God energy to everyone and everything that you touch? Well, what you're talking about. Yes. Because people think present, what does that mean? That means giving your full attention to whatever is happening in this moment yes. now. Yes, using the incredible senses that we have yeah. of touch to actually feel things, to see the vibrant colors. When yeah. you're present, it's almost like the world exists in 3D. It's like high def. Yes. Everything comes clear and you feel different. And then for me, passion. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about passion yes. for people to find their passion. And oftentimes we think that that's outside of ourselves. And this is one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned. The secret, ironically, to finding our passion is to bring passion to everything that we do. It's like a muscle that we can build through use, mm -hmm. through strengthening it. So it's like even waking up in the morning, making your bed, you can either make your bed like, oh, I gotta make this bed, yeah. there's no fun, shouldn't somebody else be doing this for me or I don't wanna do it, or yeah. go and wash your dishes and like, oh, this again. Or you can actually bring passion and enthusiasm, a sense of gratitude in life to everything you do. That's what I think is, is missing because people are looking for it outside of themselves rather than saying, I have passion inside, I'm gonna bring it to everything that I do. Yes, I only make my bed on the weekends. <laughs> but when I do, I yes. pretend I'm Martha Stewart. Yes, I do. yes. I arrange as many pillows as I can. I would say, what would Martha do yes. with these pillows? Yes. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank. Some things should be boring, like banking. Boring is safe and reliable. You don't want your bank to be entertaining. Entertaining is for podcasts with inspiring celebrity guests, not banks. PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is the service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Inc. PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Okay, you wrote a book calling yourself a spirit junkie. What does that mean? A spirit junkie is someone who chooses to perceive the world with loving lenses. Oh, someone who is really committed to a spiritual path uh -huh. and really committed to turning inward whenever necessary. Can you be a spirit junkie and profit from it 
you know, in your efforts to try to spread the, the, the spiritual word to other people? Can, can, can the both uh, work together? I think they have to work together. Mm -hmm. I think this idea that to be spiritual and broke needs to be shattered <laughs> because it's, I know a lot of people who are spiritual, they don't have a lot of money. And yeah. the reality is we live in a Western world. We have yeah. money, we have finances, rent, we got food, we got things. Yeah. We're not mystics in a monastery. Yes. We are mystics in the world. Yes. And so as a result, we have to be able to monetize our gift and our skill. I think that it's a valid question though because anyone who comes out as a teacher or someone who's sharing wisdom should be questioned, should be scrutinized, should be tested and their integrity should be evaluated. But that being said, you know, if they're adding value to the world, I believe that we are compensated financially to the same degree that we add value to the world. Mm. There can be a beautiful way to make money and balance but everything. But you're being rewarded in kind. Yeah, yeah and I also think that we have such an incredible opportunity right now to bring spirit into business and work. Yeah. And how beautiful is that? I mean, as adults, we spend most of our waking hours at work or doing our business. So how beautiful would it be to take these spiritual principles and use them at every moment of the day, every email that we send? If we decide to create a product or a program or to launch something, that we're not just thinking of it from the financial bottom line, but we're making love the bottom line. Mm -hmm. You've said that 20-something seekers, really, are mostly women, and you notice in the 20-somethings, a yearning among them. Yearning for what? There's a sense of urgency. Yes. And I think this is a time for teachers. And so I think that there's this psychic awareness in this next generation of seekers that they're here to teach. And so that they really need to wake up fast, much like we did, uh -huh. because we must show up mm -hmm. in a very high level. And so therefore, I think that there's this unconscious sense of urgency, like I need, I need to do this not just for me, but for something greater. Mm -hmm. And they may not be able to put that into words, but they're experiencing that. Do you see that too? A yearning? A yearning? A yearning for something, for their lives to mean more. For, to matter, to, to find work that's meaningful, not just to get a paycheck, but they want to make a difference. Right. And usually anytime you start seeking to make a difference, there's a heart connection and there's a connection to a greater purpose, which then opens the door to these types of conversations. And then it's like we're off to the races. Then that's what gets exciting. Mastin, do you think men and women are looking for something different when it comes to spirituality or fulfilling the spirit? Um, no, I don't, think, I don't think they're fundamentally looking for anything different. I think they're looking for the same thing. I think that women are primarily more open to personal growth mm -hmm. and more open to talk because, you know, there's a lot of emotional discussions and, and that's not usually a typical male conversation. There are a lot of guys who read The Daily Love and, and subscribe to what we do that, you know, and it's funny because all the girls are like, who are they? Who are they? Because women are wanting more awake men yeah. right now. And I think that I think the reason why there is a sense of urgency is because we really are in the middle of an existential crisis. You could sell crisis. that list. <laughs> <laughs> of men who read The Daily Love. The Daily Love. The Daily Love Literally. Every generation has its uh, lessons. What lesson do you think your generation brings to the table? I think that there's a space for us all to learn and accept that it's the time to rise up. Mm. But isn't every time the time to rise up? Now more than ever, yeah. it's a time to rise up and it's a time to wake up. Mm -hmm. This is a time about we, this mm -hmm. is a time about people coming together, community mm -hmm. and awakening and people really are hearing that unconsciously. Why do you do the work that you do? Because you want people to know. Yes, it's an awesome question. Two reasons, one, that they belong. They're not alone. That to me is the number one. I have felt so alone most of my life. I felt separated from everything. 
that they're not alone. And two, there's a quote from the Gnostic Gospel of Thomas that Jesus is quoted as saying, if you bring forth what is within you, mm -hmm. what you bring forth will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what you do not bring forth will destroy you. Wow. What you bring, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth will save you. And it's inside of you. And my entire existence is geared towards helping people identify that, run with that, and live with that. Because what we need are people living the demonstration of another way. And if we can get that at critical mass, it doesn't matter what's going on in politics yeah. or Living anywhere. the demonstration of another way. Yes. yes, absolutely. And how you choose to use your life in service is what's going to really matter. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You most want people to know. I want everyone to know that everyone is entitled to miracles, that everyone is. That miracles occur naturally, as A Course in Miracles says. Miracles occur naturally, and when they're not occurring, something has gone wrong. We have the capacity to lose the weight. We have the capacity to earn the money. We have the capacity to live a far greater life than we perceive we do. But we have to make that decision. We have to exercise that free will and make that conscious choice to see differently. How do you get miracles to show up? Well, we have to begin to release all that's blocking the presence of those miracles. So we build up a wall against those miracles. And so we need to start to take down that wall one loving thought at a time, one Super Soul Sunday episode at a time, one book at a time, one prayer at a time, yeah. one yoga class at a time. Whatever our practice is, is what takes down that wall and helps us remember. I, 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 I can't emphasize enough or agree with you more that when, when, when your heart is open and willing, things just start to show up. Isn't it amazing? One, one book shows up, then another book shows up, then something else shows up, and then somebody says, let's go to a yoga class, and somebody says, it You're just does. You're given what you need. Everything you need, you'll be given. That's the other thing, is that it's okay. Like, that's the other message I think we all need to receive, is that everything will be okay if you choose for it to be, if you choose to see things differently. Yeah, so this is interesting. Yeah. You all do basically the same thing. You write books, you do blogs, you lecture, you talk to people about connecting to their own spirit and using, manifesting their spirituality in the world. Do you ever feel in competition? No, I think that for our generation, we believe in co-opetition and we believe that um, metal sharpens metal and that we're really in here for collaboration. We constantly talk to each other. We constantly are helping each other. That we, that we really believe that it's, it's through our sort of our, our unity that mm -hmm. we're strong, not in our division. Competition is an old model. Mm -hmm. And each of us has such a unique flavor and a unique story. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, uh, I think that there's just, there's such abundance in this world. And that's the place that I feel like everyone grows from. You know, so many of my followers, like I have Gabby and Mastin on, on my web show and I'll promote these guys. Their work mm -hmm. is so important. And we do that because really it's not about what I can get, it's what I can give. Mm -hmm. And I feel like as all of us can rise up and bring more people, it's like there's more love in the world. There's the actual things that we're here to teach is, is happening the more that we cooperate. Mm -hmm. I think that we all kind of get that there's enough to go around. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I also think that we all, I got to say this honestly, we have so much work to do. We have so much work to do. And if we don't help each other, and we see competition and separation. We're not doing the work. We have so much, and, and we have to work together to do that. We have to support each other. We have to support each other. Have to support each other. Absolutely. What is the difference between re religion and spirituality? 
for me, spirituality is a, a practice really of bringing reverence and heart and love to every moment of your day. And my definition of religion is it feels more structured. It feels like there's more rules. It feels like at times there's a lot of judgment about who is doing it right and who is doing it wrong. And for me, you know, it's not a place that feels good in my body. Spirituality for me feels very inclusive, very loving, and very accepting of all. For me, religion is a set of rules that define someone else's spiritual experience, and spirituality is experiencing your own. That's good. Spiritual is very simple. It's a measure of how loving you are, yes. period. Yeah. That's For it. me, it's a measure of how open your heart is exactly. to, 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 to receive all the bounty and beauty that God is. Yes. And that's what it is to me. What is it to you, Gabrielle? I think people find spirituality through religion, but I think spirituality is a artful craft. Mm -hmm. We can create our spiritual understanding of our own. We can have a God of our own understanding. We can find God through guitar. We can find God through swimming, through aerobics, through forgiveness whatever it is. So I think that religion is something we are taught and spirituality is something we learn and teach ourselves. Your definition of God? My definition of God is the ever-present essence of love. God is love. Everything in the creative force. And you're most grateful for? I'm most grateful for uh, my relationship with my beloved. I'm grateful that um, my family God and my, and my girlfriend have been able to love me in times when I could not love myself. I think it has hit me that I'm here. <laughs> mm. And I'm just really grateful to be able to do this work at this time. Mm -hmm. I'm also really grateful for my family and for my fiance. Mm. He's my greatest assignment and my greatest teacher. And I'm grateful we have this time. Yes. Yes. I'm grateful for this platform. I'm grateful for your voices. I'm grateful for your watching. Thanks, everybody. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro... Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.